is the Flex Network. <laughs> this is the Flex Network. Flex on them. Flex on everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Flex Network. I'm your host, Flex Shane. You can follow me on Twitter at the Flex Network One. And today, I'm joined, of course, by the man, the myth, the legend. All you Seslomaniacs kept asking for him. We got him back for you people. Alan Seslowski of Rotowire. You can follow him on Twitter at Alan Seslowski. Alan, what the hell's going on, brother? Uh, you know, uh, just this is always my home, Shane. You know, this is the humble beginnings uh, of uh, of my start in podcasting, you and also DFS Army. So it always feels like you're coming back to an old neighborhood that you loved and you grew up in. So it's always good to be back. Um, it's just, I'm trying to make sense. I mean, these rookie landing spots and we're, I'm sure we're going to dive into it. And also the draft capital is really screwed up our rookie drafts this year. Like, oh yeah, it, everyone wants to trade back. Nobody wants to trade up. Nobody could decide who's the one, one with any confidence. You know, there, there's a lot of argument. And I still think that there's still a wrench that could be thrown into this whole top five, uh, top eight based on what happens today. Okay, we're definitely going to need to talk about that because when we say we're talking about it today, we're recording on the morning of Saturday, April 30th. We have round one, round two, and round three in the books. That's a.k.a. day one and day two. And I would say, historically speaking, Al, um, most fantasy production comes from players drafted in rounds one, two, or three, right? Um, in for, day four. For, for, run, uh, or, for running backs, it's, it's still an open book, you know? Because it, it's... Well, it, Okay. Okay. Let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about that because I, I agree with you at this point. Okay. So say we're getting right into some strategy. I like that Al, Cause we're always talking strategy, right? For your rookie drafts. Okay. So at this point, you know, you look at the wide receivers, there's still a few names out there, but for the most part, 17 wide receivers went off the board in the first three rounds Al. 17, which is insane. Right? So at this point it's pretty slim pickings. I mean, maybe there's some Bo Melton truthers out there, some Calvin Austin truthers out there that, are still waiting to see where they fall, but no, but you're you know, right you're for, ra- for fantasy. It's, it's already written. The book is written for wide receivers. Yeah, exactly. But you know, at the running back position, we only have six running backs off the board so far. So with that in mind, there's still guys like Zemir white that we like. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe if you still actually believe in Isaiah Spiller, he's not on the board, which man, that we talk about a player that had a fall from grace from pre combine to today. That man is Isaiah Spiller. Kyron Williams is obviously still on the board, but same deal. Like he just didn't have a good combine. And I would say if you're going to be taking shots later in your rookie drafts and you're going to be drafting one of these players that gets drafted today in the NFL draft rounds four to seven, you're going to be wanting to take your shots at running back. Like I'm still probably going to bank on Zamir White. I don't care where Zamir goes. He's a guy that I'm going to be targeting in my drafts. It's just a matter of where I'm going to target him. Is it going to be round three? if Samir goes in round four here in, in the draft, or if Samir falls to round six, eh, maybe we're not so confident, but it all I'll, depends on depth chart. That's all it is. It doesn't, at this point, round four, round six, round seven for running back. It it's very yeah. little difference. Yeah. You'd rather have round four than round five. You'd rather have round five than round six, but whoever the, like, for example, whoever the Tennessee Titans draft to back up Derek mm-hmm. Henry, I want that guy. Yeah, no, that's accurate. That's absolutely accurate. But, I mean, I don't think we, we should bury the lead here, okay? Because it's one of the things that you and I have been talking about since before the draft. You came on this show, and you, we talked about what if Brees Hall goes to the Jets? 
um, you and I were texting and you were saying, look, can you make a case for Kenny Pickett, the only quarterback drafted in round one, albeit he went to a pretty darn good landing spot. In yeah, Pittsburgh. great landing spot. Great landing great spot, land- bad prospect, good mm-hmm. prospect, bad landing spot. Now, how are you going to, now what's going to happen, right? That's really the how puzzle. You, exactly. So how are you going to parse it out? So Alan, you are the quarterback Stan. There's always a guy in a league that absolutely hoards the quarterbacks in your super flex leagues. And you're that guy. Mr. Alan Sazlowski is that guy. So let me ask you, Al, gun to your head. Who are you taking at 101 in your super flex rookie drafts? Well, again, let's just back up for a second. And why am I the quarterback hoarder? Because all right, everyone that's listening to this podcast does a lot of startup drafts. You've been in a lot of dynasty leagues. Yeah. And what happens is the quarterbacks are never cheaper than they are in a startup draft. The minute the draft is closed, the quarterback is the only thing. It's the opposite of a car. When you buy a car, you drive it off the lot, the price goes down. You close the, you drive the quarterbacks off the lot, the price goes up. You get Mac mm-hmm. Jones in the fifth round of your Superflex league, right? And obviously, this only applies to Superflex leagues. The quarterbacks don't carry that kind of weight in a single QB league. You drive Mac Jones off the – now, somebody you, – you you could probably get two first-round picks to a quarterback-starved team, you know? I mean, a, yeah. or you can get a, a player that was drafted ahead of him. You can get T. Higgins easily for Mac Jones to a quarterback-starved team. So that's why I'm the quarterback hoarder, quarterback stand, is because they are the only – thing that increases mm-hmm. value after the draft is over so that said now your question kenny pickett <sighs> full, um, flawed prospect great landing spot or the you know the dynamo running back uh in in on the jets perceived you know rough landing spot i mean that is the question my my thoughts oh, are can, can i throw a little wrench in that al okay so yeah. obviously the, the the dynamo you're talking about is Brees hall going to the jets my question to you is we're going to make an argument for Kenny Pickett at one-on-one. Can you make an argument for Kenneth Walker going to Seattle, a team we know is going to want to run the ball over Brees Hall? Just asking, asking a question for a friend. All right. So as we know that dynasty is played in our two to three year windows, we tra- if we can, you know, it's okay to look at in four year windows, but what's the most important year? It's the year ahead of you, especially for running backs. I don't care if they're young running backs because, you know, running backs, you could expect to have them on your roster and have production for three years, right? I mean, I think yes. that's that's reasonable if they're a high pedigree running back. Kenneth Walker is going to a situation where, it, you know, there's two rookie tackles, right? So offensive line is not great. I mean, they do they did draft two offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson must be out of his mind right now, finally, right? So, <laughs> I mean, Kenneth Walker is a great prospect. You know, there's some some concern about his pass catching that's been plowed over a bunch of times, but mm-hmm. I would still take Brees Hall because the Jets have a better offensive line. They're gonna, you know, they have a. a it looks like they focused on offense uh, a little bit more than they have in the past. And Walker, you know, still is going to have to contend with uh, what I call them the Frank Gore uh, types, you know, like Chris Carson, Rashad Penny flashed down the stretch last year. These play, and now Penny hasn't been signed yet. So I think that if somebody took Walker 1 1, okay, they, 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 looking a little bit more long-term or see something, but it's, it's not optimal. I still think Brees Hall belongs, even though it's a B plus landing spot, not an A minus, mm-hmm. it's still probably as of today, the right play. What do you think? No, I totally agree with you. And really what it comes down to is, you know, you look at your pre-draft rankings and just your evaluations and we love Kenneth Walker. I mean, Brandon on the show, he, 
I, Brandon's got a type, right? Like Brandon's like the JK Dobbins kind of truth, right? Where it's these very strong, these very elite running or running, running backs, which, Hey, guess what? That kind of makes sense. Right. But obviously we know in fantasy football, most of us, unless you're living under a rock or living in a cave from, you know, centuries ago, we're playing in either a half point PPR or a full point PPR. Right. And that makes a huge difference at the running back position to score fantasy points. It's just, it, it you, you look at a Nick Chubb, right? We just know that Nick Chubb, his ceiling is capped every single year. And you're going to be disappointed if you're drafting a player like that in round one of, of your, of your, just season long leagues every single year because they don't have that ca- pass catching upside. There's obviously going to be an exception with Derrick Henry. King Henry is who he is, but Nick for the Chubb most part, almost ha- Nick Chubb is kind of like an exception, right? Like, but he, you have but to be Nick like, Chubb or Derrick Henry yeah. in order to get that. Yeah. Value, right. Yeah. You're and, not and, that. And yeah. I would say Kenneth Walker is up there in terms of the prospect level. Like I would say that. So all being said though, I'm still taking Brees Hall. I'm still taking Brees Hall one one but what do you think? You're on the clock. You've got the one-on-one. You're in a Superflex League. You, you're in one, one draft, okay? Because I know, Alan, you're in like 30, literally 30. So you can probably diversify if you have a few of those one-on-ones. But you're, you've got one league, or it's your most important league. It's the one with all your friends and family. If you mess this pick up, you're going to get ridiculed. You're going to get heckled. Who are you going to pick? Well, I'm going to take uh- – for right now, if it's today, it's Brees Hall. Um, it's okay. it seems like more of a short thing now. But if I was, let's say for example, I, I was good at this. Is one of those things where you always take best player available. But let's say let's g- give a hypothetical here. Let's say I was pretty good at running back. Let's say I have there is a league where I actually have Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook. I do have like a couple young guys that I like in there, like um, you know. Uh, I'm trying to look at my uh, like a Dobbins Montgomery. Like, just say I'm four oh, wow. deep. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. say you know I'm four deep, right? And I and I and Brees Hall's there. But let's say you know my quarterback two was someone like Tannehill, who's on the ropes. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's uh, I don't I don't think it's unreasonable to take Kenneth Pickett. Uh, sorry, Kenny Pickett there because you do it's so hard that we just talked about to acquire these quarterbacks it's almost impossible i mean right now try to go if you're a, if you're a quarterback needy team try to go get matt ryan see what it costs you right so this is the opportunity and again you may not even need to take him at one one now again trade back i i think that's that's a cop-out thing to say it's almost like hey this guy's better in best ball no shit right he's always better <laughs> in best ball because you only get yeah. the best games but I, if you Kenny Pickett probably will settle in around one four one five in early mm-hmm. drafts is my suspicion, but I think it's okay to take him at one one if you're a quarterback needy team. But that would also entail that you're rock solid at running back. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, in rookie drafts, we always preach draft based on talent. Don't draft based on need. The thing about the quarterback position, though, is that Kenny Pickett is what he is, but he is likely going to be a starter sooner rather than later, right? We think that he's probably going to win out that starting position. I think he's going to win out the starting position, if not from week one, probably by midway through the season, right? Um, And he's going to have value for the next, at least probably four, five, six years, right? Like in theory, he could take a Sam Darnold type approach to his career or even a Baker Mayfield where after a few years, the team says, look, this just isn't the answer, in which case you got to move on from him. But you could draft based on need. You could draft based on best player available. It's not a wrong pick at one one It's defensible. But if I'm on the clock, I'm still taking Brees. The question has, like, so quickly in my head, Al, I, I kind of have, chance. well, 
Okay, easily for me, it's going to be Brees. It's going to be Kenneth Walker at one two, and then at that point is where I'm starting to to decide on: Do I want to take Kenny Pickett or do I want to pivot to the wide receiver position, knowing that it is quite deep? And you look at the quarterbacks for all the top end wide receivers that were drafted, and nobody really stands out, right? And that's what's kind of interesting is that I mean, really, the top guy is probably Traylon Burks going to the Tennessee Titans with Ryan Tannehill, right? Like you look at Drake London. I mean, is is Marcus Mariota the answer? I mean, I, I know that you drafted, um, what was it, Corral? Desmond Ritter. Desmond, oh, that's a, Desmond Ritter. That's QB2, uh, uh, by the way. Yeah, no, exactly. In round three, but still as QB2. Um, you've got Garrett Wilson going to the Jets. You've got Chris Olave going to the Saints. Now, I like Chris Olave to the Saints. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, Jamison William going to the Detroit Lions. Jared Good. Goff, he's a short-term quarterback solution. Detroit's probably going to want to take. By the way, Jared Goff took a team to a Super Bowl. Man, he's capable of getting yeah. getting his players the ball. I know, and now we've got Amira, who's clearly a trusted wide receiver. And you know what's interesting? Like I was listening to your show yesterday, the Rotowire Podcast Show. If you guys don't currently subscribe to it, you need to go and subscribe to it. Al, you do a dynasty show every single week. Um, Mario Puig and um, the team over there, all, they always typically come up with John McKegney, I think, yep. always come up with a show once a week. So it's at least you, typically two shows a week. Yep. But you were on with Mario yesterday. And I think he had a really good take on just the, the Lions position for Amon Ross St. Brown. The idea being that, you know, when you're drafting a wide receiver early, you plan to essentially build around them as a cornerstone wide receiver. So obviously Amon our last last year was drafted around four, mm-hmm. but they hit gold, right? So why they're not going to treat Amon St. Brown as a ground four wide receiver because he produced, because he did so well, they're going to treat him as a round one wide receiver. Now they essentially have two round one wide receivers. Jamison Williams um, discussions are generally that he's going to start off on the pup list, which means he's going to miss the first part of the year. You're not going to but... see him before Thanksgiving. You just not. No, no. So, so I guess my question to you, Al, is as this is just Shane Seeley trying to figure out his uh, post-draft rankings because at this point it's it's hard hard to get this out because I I had initially Garrett Wilson as my one, but obviously we love we love uh, more Elijah Moore at the Jets, right? So is he going to be your wide receiver one? There's going to be that target competition. Drake London has essentially no target target competition. But this well, really is Kyle Pitts is there, and Kyle Pitts is gonna is probably has earned eight to twelve targets a game, right? Let's call it nine and a half targets a game, Kyle Pitts. Okay, but so how many times? I mean, on average, the quarterbacks are throwing probably what 29, 30 times in a game. And that's low. Like you just look at like historically, yeah. last couple of seasons, right? 29, 30 times. So if Pitts is gonna get eight or nine, Drake London is probably gonna gonna get eight or nine because in, in college, Drake London was like a target hog. Mm-hmm. And then you get a balance of ten for like the miscellaneous. All right, well, Whoever Cordell Patterson is going to get six or eight targets a game. Yeah, so there you go. And then there's a few other wide receivers. So I, I think you're going to get peppered. But who who do you have as your wide receiver one at this point, Al? I'm kind of rambling yeah. here. Yeah, no, no. I, you're, I'm enjoying what you're saying here. I, I think that, like I said, there's. it's not like who do I have as my first wide receiver. There is an absolute tier of wide receivers. I think that I know you always hear tiers over rankings, right? It's, it, it's smart – football ranking that's the way to do it but yeah. this year more than ever okay so mm-hmm. you, let's talk about tiers first and then we'll sort it out All right so tier one i think there's a clear group of three receivers that you could take with the first wide receiver off the board and it's defensible okay Traylon burks because of the opportunity right mm-hmm. and he at one point was the wide receiver one there there's going to be warts on all of these guys drake mm-hmm. london and you correct you identified chris Olave. Right, we both like him 
a, a lot, mm-hmm. especially. I do like the landing spot. So you can argue which one of those guys is is the highest in that tier, lowest, but I think that's a clear tier one. And then you have to decide. Then you have to look at like, okay, what can I reasonably expect them to do in year one? What can I reasonably expect them to do in year two? So that would be, let's look at the quarterbacks, right? So all three of them have mm-hmm. are likely not to have the same quarterback this year as next year, right? So we have Jameis Winston right now. There's no guarantees that Winston will be the quarterback next year. Could be. He's probably the most likely. Mm-hmm. Mariota, I mean, he would have to play as well as Ryan Tannehill did when he went from Miami to Tennessee in order to keep that yeah. job. Desmond Ritter sitting there. So he could be Ritter. And then uh, the third one, is, oh, no, so we have those three guys, you know, and then mm-hmm. Tannehill, who now has Malik Willis behind him. So that yeah. flattens that a little bit out. So now you're like, there's, there's QB question marks on all three of them, right? Mm-hmm. So now it's coaching, scheme fit. <sighs> Man, it's, there's those three guys would be the, the three that I would certainly consider as it one, two, or three, and I wouldn't be able to make a good argument. So now I'm going to defer to draft capital. So that leads yeah. me back to London. All right. So I'm going to go London number one based mm-hmm. on draft capital, but just know there's a lot of uncertainty in all this. I mean, you were, qu- you were early to identify Sky Moore. He arguably landed in the best landing spot. He's got some target competition with Juju Smith Schuster. Christian yeah. Watson, he's got the high upside. I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if Christian Watson, who landed in Green Bay, flames out completely or ends up being the best wide receiver in this class. I wouldn't take those guys ahead of our tier one, but if somebody did it, I don't have any good reason to tell them they're wrong. Yeah, no, I I see that. I mean, the problem is, is that you have to defer to talent, right? Like the thing about Christian Watson is his death chart is wide open where Sky Moore, there still is Juju Smith Schuster. There still is Travis Kelsey. So there's some target competition in Kansas city, but, I, I couldn't have dreamt of a better spot for Sky. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, that is the nuts landing yeah. spot right there. I mean, that is yeah. the spot because it's with it's. It, there's a. I'm almost talking over because you're taking a drink yeah. there. No, go ahead. Because please, thank it's you. the thing. You know, yes, it's an elite quarterback, but mm-hmm. it's an elite quarterback that's going to be there. Like we talk about dynasty in two to three year windows, mm-hmm. except for the three or four elite quarterbacks. Those Absolutely. guys are okay to talk about in four to five year windows. Now, there's three elite. There's four elite quarterbacks in a sense of not of just pure talent, because I'm including Joe Burrow there, but guys that we can reasonably project for a four-year window. All four of those guys, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Herbert, and Burrow, are guaranteed to be there, barring injury, four years. We can't even say that about Kyler mm-hmm. and Lamar at this point. You know, you no. I don't even think we can say it about Dak Prescott. Those guys, maybe two to three years. So the wide receivers that land with that quarterback stability, and with quarterback stability comes coaching stability, So Mm -hmm. that's why I think that you could reasonably, again, I'd have to think this through a little bit, put the Sky Moors in that tier. Now he's got the draft capital problem, and it's not really a problem because no round two, right? Round two, they could have easily taken him in round one. Yeah, Uh Uh, yeah, I I think so. So Clipboard Jesus is asking us about where we think Malik Willis is going to fall. We're going to get to that. Um, Short answer is probably back half of the first round for me is where I'm going to be looking at Malik. Um, But yeah, so I. Yeah. I would almost consider, okay, so we got your tier one wide receivers, Drake London, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks. I think I would agree with that. Um, I would still consider Garrett Wilson and Jamison Williams in that tier simply yes. because of the talent, right? Uh, Jamison, um, but, Jamison Williams for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, but, you know, you talk 
if you're drafting Jamison Williams, just like the Detroit Lions, I mean, you're doing it not for necessarily for this year, but you're going to do it for future years, right? Jamison Williams, he's still young. He's uh, 21. He's still only 21 years old. That's right. And he, he's got your draft capital, 12th pick in the draft. Like, that's pretty legit. Um, Shane, keep talking. I just have to this, – there's, there's a noise right here. I just want to close this door, okay? So yeah, gonna, no, absolutely. Yeah, keep going. So, obviously, you're looking at your tiers – I would add in probably Garrett Wilson and Jameson Williams just because, like I said, about the draft capital. They've got the talent. We love them for that. Uh, just be look, most elite NFL teams right now are going to have at least two of those high end wide receivers. So the fact that Garrett Wilson went to the Jets, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Uh, let's just assume that Zach Wilson is going to continue to improve because most quarterbacks in, in, in year two are going to continue to improve. So because of that, Garrett Wilson, I would still classify, you know, if not your tier one, one, a right. Um, and then in tier two, I have your Christian Watson, your sky Moore. Would you throw Jahan Dotson in that tier two or even tier three, Al, like that next tier down. I'm taking the quarterbacks ahead of him. <laughs> and I loved, I, 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 yeah, yeah, I like Jahan Dotson, you know, what's not to like, and I, I could end up looking very silly with this call, but the the Redskins, oh sorry, I can't believe I said the Redskins. The Commanders, uh, that's yeah. a very uh, that's a, that's a rough landing spot. One, uh, because you do have a, a professional wide receiver in Terry McLaurin there, right? You have yeah. uh, um, y- y- you know Curtis Samuel couldn't fire there. I'm not going to really hold that against them. Uh, you yeah. have now you have uh, Antonio Gibson, right? Who who does command some mm-hmm. targets? JD McKissick commands targets. Carson Wentz, you can't feel great about that. There's no guarantee. And if he's not there, then who is it? Are they doing the quarterback shuffle again next year? Again, Jahan Dotson should be a first-round pick. Any first-round wide receiver. Like Brandon Ayuk, remember that? He fell out of the first round. That was not probably a a smart pick. Uh, Michael – sorry, not Michael Pittman. But anyone – Jalen Rager, it could end up being Jalen Rager. That's a bad (sighs) example of like when you have a first-round pick. But – for the most part, if a first-round wide receiver is pretty insulated, and especially one that we like talent-wise, we don't want to overrate situation like we did with A.J. Brown. So I'm taking Dotson in the first round, but I'll probably in a super flex leagues right now, as of today, take Willis, take Ritter over him. So we're looking at like the 1.12 for Dotson, I, I believe. Yeah, and he would probably be early round two. If the running back class was a little bit deeper, we had we had a, a Laramie Tunsil fan page just shouting out that Brandon Cooks is the best receiver in the AFC South. I don't know, Michael Pittman is still pretty darn good as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I'm I'm not going to argue against Brandon Cooks, man. All that guy does yeah. is go to nine teams and put up a thousand yards. So it's that is it's true. Hard. A, a player and I actually went out and traded for in a bunch of my leagues this offseason was actually Brandon Cooks. Um, Davis yeah. Mills has improved, and guess what? So far, Houston has not drafted a quarterback. So, yeah, and give Michael year, Pittman, Michael Pittman set up, but you know, it, yeah, Brandon Cooks is a Hall of Fame fantasy wide receiver. I'm not saying the real Hall of Fame, I'm saying in fantasy football, yeah, you drafted He's that there, guy man. your rookie year, you were never disappointed. No, ex- exactly. I, I, I love it, I absolutely love it. Um, okay. Jahan Dotson, back of the round. Now we're starting to get into some questionable wide receivers, okay? So one of the ones that I was scratching my head at um, is the New York Giants taken at pick 211, Wandale Robinson. You love Wandale, though. You you were talking about him as an early sleeper. I would thought you would be so happy about this. <sighs> Man, I... So the team the thing, saw right? what you saw. I like Wandale Robinson. His production numbers are... I'm going to throw that, that E-word out there. His production numbers are elite, okay? The one thing I have, okay, 
let, let me just all right. Let's I, take I, a step let me back. put this let's in context for a sec. You, you yeah. told me on my podcast. Yes, I know. That yes. I said, give me a sleeper that nobody's talking about yet. This is a month and a half ago. That mm-hmm. is a wide receiver that could end up blowing up. And mm-hmm. Wandell Robinson out of Kentucky, you correctly identified him. He said, oh, this is someone that people are thinking in the third or fourth round. Goes in the round three yeah. to a good team that needs wide receivers on a, mm-hmm. with a good coach, a coach that, that had Cole Beasley is a nice slot receiver, yeah. have you know top 15, top 18 production, and now you're going to back off this position? How dare you? <laughs> Stick with it. I man, think it's fair. Okay, you're, you're right. You're right. Here's, here's the reason I've cooled on Wandale. It just it all it comes down to his size. I'm just I'm a, a little bit worried about his overall size. He's only, but his size was the same when you made the I call. Know, he five didn't grow or shrink. I know, but but sometimes your takes are allowed to change and evolve. It's all relative to what, right? Um, the whole Kadarius Tony drama, man. This guy's such an idiot knucklehead. Like, go they get didn't the draft him. They didn't draft him. I get this... it, but he's still around one wide receiver. Like, and he's still got talent. So. Uh, I just I question that pick a little bit more so maybe for the fit Al is where I'm at but I mean so Wandell Robinson uh, the wide receiver out of Kentucky he had an elite year this is the reason we were on to him right he had 104 receptions he had 1334 receiving yards a 39.3 percent target share that's a 99th percentile target share 72 percent catch rate which we love and seven receiving touchdowns so you're I get it. I get it. I just, to me, it's like, all right, listen to my theory about draft capital here. If a why if, if a player gets drafted in year X and yeah. then a new coaching staff comes in and a new GM comes in in year X plus one. Yeah. Uh, my algorithm <laughs> discounts that draft capital by a half. So he's no longer a Kadarius. Tony is not viewed as a first round wide mm. receiver to this coaching staff. He's year he's viewed as a, a, a fringe first rounder, second rounder. So a, a one and a half rounder draft capital that if you round that up, that's round two. And that's where they took Wandell Robinson, the Wandell Robinson. It, it's, it's more important in all likelihood for this coaching staff to make mm-hmm. Wandell Robinson work than it is to make Kadarius Tony work. And then I, you know, I'm vindicated by Monday morning quarterbacking here because they've already said, Hey, who wants this guy? Come get him. So now not only do we know that they don't like Kadarius Tony, they were yeah. willing to trade him, not for pennies on the dollar. They want decently fair value. And then they take a player they like mm-hmm. in a round that has meaning. I would take, uh, I would rank Wondell Robinson flaws and all ahead of Kadarius Tony, unless K- Tony gets traded. If Tony gets traded, we got to respect the round one draft capital again. I guess I, I think where where my head's at, like when when I, so my instant reaction was, what are you guys doing? And, and I think Al, it's not necessarily because again, I like Wondell Robinson. I would have had him closer to like around three, um, the, uh, value round three in, in real NFL drafts. So that's why I thought think they drafted him a little bit early at two eleven. It's also about who else was on the board. Okay, George Pickens was on the board. Yeah. He ended up going to Pittsburgh. Sky Moore was on the board. We liked him. He ended up going to the Kansas City Chiefs. I would have even considered maybe like an Alec Pierce or John Mechie who went after him. So it's not necessarily about Wandell. I hate Wandell. It's just who else could they have drafted at that spot? And I get it. It's about fit for the team. Um, so take that for what it is. But to me, I was kind of like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, but no, it was, I, I it, was it. a it, it was a reach yeah. based on, you know, ADP. But 
Listen, in in the round three, in round two, just go. He went in round two, right? Wandell was it round three? Round Wandell three. was two eleven. No, Wandell was two eleven. Right. That's what I'm saying. He should have been around three wide receiver, but he's around right. two. So, so you gotta, yeah. And I hear what you're saying. It's jumping ADP, yeah. but you gotta go get your guy. Listen, George Pickens. You know, everyone loves him, but mm. everyone, you know, mm. it's sometimes you know, maybe he's gonna work out. Maybe he's not. Obviously, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll defer to Pittsburgh when they're drafting wide receivers. Yeah. That automatically, you know, they have such a long history of hitting in the second round that I'm going to respect and, you know, and, and appeal to authority, not in many situations, but in this specific situation, the round two, the round three wide receiver, I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, right? I mean, that was yeah. it. Uh, Antonio Brown was a late pick. It, he, was, he was like a fifth rounder. I mean, they have such a rich, uh, who was it called? Mike Wallace was, you know, was a, was mm-hmm. a late rounder or a second rounder. Uh, it just goes on and on and on. I mean, even Claypool for all his flaws and, and he's seen a decrease in value. I mean, he had 10 touchdowns year one, you know? So it's, yeah. yeah. By the way, Clay, Claypool gets nuclear, right? I mean, oh, he gets uh, eviscerated. Yeah. You know what? Here's the ironic thing. I, I'm sure you were watching draft. Or I was I was driving in my car, so I was listening to the draft in Sirius. It was Chase Claypool that announced the pick. Oh, there's I was a saying... certain level of irony to that. Dude, right? I, I said it. I said it in some chat I was in. Yeah. I go, I go, yeah. wow, they're making the guy announce his own replacement. Talk about getting cucked, right? <laughs> That's so hilarious. He's ma- they're um, making the guy wa- watch his girlfriend get banged, basically. Oh you my know? god! It's terrible. Okay, so, it's terrible. So George Pickens, I think that okay, there's he fell for two reasons. Okay, he got injured, so he missed pretty he missed pretty much all of last season. He did come back in the national championship game where Georgia beat or where Georgia won the national championship against Alabama. Um, there were some character concerns, and I think that's the main reason why he fell i heard some things i don't want to repeat them on on the air and and be on record for it because i don't know if they're true or not well, then just say allegedly because i'm now you have me curious i'm sure everyone else okay is so too. allegedly this allegedly george pickens this is george pickens allegedly he was he he apparently was a bully like he would bully other kids and apparently he bullied an autistic kid uh so much that it, you know it made this person uh cry and almost commit suicide so like a pretty bad thing now this is alleged I can't comment. No. Says I have no sources, right? These are just things that we've that we've heard, and we talked to a lot of different yeah. people. So just to, just to know. play armchair psychologist, let's assume sure. that that's even the case. For example, yeah. often again, and this is from my my medical degree from Harvard. I'm speaking, as you all know, I'm a Harvard professor, which basically I'm trying to tell you that I know nothing. But <laughs> uh, we're talking about George Pickens. Somebody just George asked in the Pickens, chat Mike. about yeah. yeah. So it, it, let's say he was this terrible bully person, right? I, I don't mm-hmm. want to ever you always got to think what's going on what happened in someone's life that they are treating Mm -hmm. someone else like that and then you got to say is hey could this person come around i would never want to be judged by my worst moments right i mean if they're consistent worst moments throughout your life yes there's always opportunity to change but now you have to think the organization that he went to right pittsburgh they they're They've taken on. I mean, Antonio Brown was was well behaved. I'm putting air quotes up for so long in that system because they have the structure, they have the discipline. Mike Tomlin knows is a player's coach. He's also a CEO coach. So if there is a character issue with him, uh, I don't want to judge him by his worst day. And I also think that if he's going to be in an environment that's setting up for success, this is it. So I'm willing to to not count that when I'm ranking him for fantasy football. But understanding, like you said. Yeah, there's risk. I mean, Josh Allen had some character flaws coming out. Uh, we, we talked about Lermy. Wasn't Lermy Tunsil that had the gas mask on? Was that him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lermy Tunsil. Yeah, yep. I mean, he smokes a little weed. Who cares? Like, yep. 
But I mean, now we say that, but before yeah. it was like, you know, so no, I'm anyway. pretty sure I said it at the time. Who cares? The NFL, yeah. the NFL is archaic and they're slow with that, but they're, they're starting to evolve. Um, yeah. I mean, if, if I could play for one coach, say it was actually talented enough to be in the NFL and I got to choose which coach I got to play for, it would be one man. It would be Mike Tomlin. He is, in my opinion, the best coach in the NFL in terms of the per, like a player coach, a person's coach. And, you know, think about this. He was dealing with the personalities of Antonio Brown, of Le'Veon Bell, and he was able to essentially put it under wraps. And the Steelers are so smart. There's a reason they parted with those talents, right? When it got to the point where he couldn't control the, the personalities, they shipped them off. They didn't want to have anything or else to do with them. It so. had nothing to do. Uh, uh, sorry, I don't want to say nothing, yeah. to do, but it didn't have to do with the talent. Uh, sorry, sorry. It, I blew my point. It didn't have to do with they can control them. When yeah. ta- with talent comes tolerance, right? Yes. And when the talent and the uh, the when the 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 risks outweighed the rewards, mm-hmm. then that when that scale balance the other way that's when they moved on from these guys there was a time where antonio brown was the top one top two wide receiver for a half a decade and then what happened yeah. was we saw that he the the negative effect he was having on a team out, outweighed the positive and we saw that most highlighted when he quit on the team uh which by the way i love that that whole that's one of my favorite football moments mm-hmm. of all time when he runs out yeah. with his shirt up but you know, mm-hmm. but yeah mike tomlin was right right he um he quit on two different teams he quit on he quit on the uh, the Bucks and he quit on the Raiders essentially by saying that he remember he said that his helmet wasn't the right helmet he wouldn't play that oh that was God. BS he just wanted to get out of there and again oh that's fine yeah. but that's when his talent did not exceed the uh, the downside yeah and I totally agree and, and we're, t- we're totally taking a tangent here but you know for those of you who are dabbling in the sweet art of best ball Antonio Brown he's still teamless but he's a guy that I'm drafting pretty consistently where I can in rounds nineteen and rounds twenty of my best ball drafts just because he's going to land somewhere and he's still probably better than, I don't know, a good 50% of the league. Right. So he's, he's, he's good enough to be a starter. Here's Um, a little, here's a little Antonio Brown thing. Also, he needs surgery and he's uh, it's not like surgery to be in life. I forget exactly where it is, but he said he'll only get the surgery if a team signs him. So he's like, I'm not going to have unnecessary surgery. So even if a team signs him, he's going to have surgery just so you know. So keep that in mind that that's interesting. What kind of surgery though? I don't know exactly what it is. I want to guess knee and not knee, like something with his ankle or foot or just something like that. And it's minor, but he said, he goes, I don't need it for regular life. I only need it for football. So if someone signs Mm -hmm. me, I'll get the surgery. So for best ball purposes, just be careful that if he does get signed late, that he might miss the first month of the season anyway. And for best ball, that's just, you know, it's, it's a, I do like the upside play, but I would just diversify a little bit, not grab him in every draft. No, I probably have. I think I've done sixteen drafts so far. I think I've been four or five. So perfect, you know, perfect ratio. But a third, right? Perfect yeah, exactly. Um, it, it, my guess is it's probably the ankle, right? Because it was the ankle that was bothering him last year, and that was allegedly the whole reason that that he had a blow up, where he want he couldn't play in the game. He told he told Coach Arians he he couldn't play. Coach said you're either playing or you're gone, and that's what the whole freak out was allegedly so by the way i'm just getting back i'm just you know this morning i was uh, integrating the rookies into the rotowire superflex dynasty rankings okay and uh do you want to take a guess where i put hall and walker because we were talking about them earlier so rb what um i'm gonna guess and again you're not guessing you're not saying what you would do you want to guess what Mm -hmm. i am doing what i did you're probably putting hall right around rb seven or eight okay and then walker probably around 10 10 12 Okay, so you're um, you're close on one, off on the other, and okay. so I have Hall at three. 
Three. Wow. Okay. Yep. I like okay. That. So hear me out here. So I got Taylor and Swift one and two, right? We all agree there. Wow. Okay. Now you have Swift is two. That is Alan Soslowski. That's just music to my ears, baby. I love it. Oh yeah. I mean, you it's and I are like the, the Swift stands, man. I love it. Oh yeah. Okay. So, I mean, Keep you going. know, pass catching running back lines didn't yeah. take a running back in the first few days. Okay. Now you have the, it, let's take Hall out of it. I put Hall there, but now you have Najee Harris, 24 years old, Brees Hall, 20. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So that's determining for obviously for redraft. I would take Najee Harris this year. I actually have Najee Harris as my RB two for the redraft ranks. Okay, so now you have like the, the Christian McCaffrey dilemma, mm-hmm. and then you have Javante Williams, who's you know now has to deal with Melvin Gordon again. So the 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 next time that Javante Williams is going to have a shot to have the running back to the field, the running back field to himself will be age twenty four. So that's why, I mean, you know, it's, if someone told me, Hey, I have Najee ahead of him, I would say, okay, I'm playing the age game here. I, you know, yeah. Najee's a three-year running back Hall's a five-year running back. And again, we talk about two to three-year windows. Then you have the running backs that are aged that are probably going to go ahead of Hall. So you have Mixon, Eckler, Dalvin cook. So again, mm-hmm. just based on age alone and project projected role, you know, I have Hall at three. Now, if somebody wants to tell me they have him at six, no problem, but in a startup draft, that's where I would I would take him. Now a Walker, I have yeah. twelve. By the way, twelve. Walker twelve. Okay, yeah. So you probably like you got that sh- uh, that grouping of, of the older, likely still productive for one or two years, like the Austin Ecklers of the world ahead of him. I'm guessing. Yeah, that that whole group is ahead of him with Walker. And again, it's the the pass catching or yeah. lack perceived yeah. of pass catching plus a little bit of crowded space is what pushes him down. But I, I have Walker like, you know, I would, I'd probably take a shot on Walker above ETN above Antonio Gibson at this mm. point, certainly above Elijah Mitchell. And, you know, you get JK Dobbins, Montgomery, Montgomery is probably always a little underrated, but yeah. So, I mean, that's where Walker's going to fit. And I think that's more in line with what the market's going to view him as. Yeah, I really want to dive into some of these rookie running backs because there were a few players that we need to discuss. Uh, we talked about Antonio Gibson. Ooh, Brian Robinson is going to hurt his value for sure. Um, but I just want to put a bow quickly on these wide receivers, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and in particular, this is a selfish question that I want to ask you. <sighs> okay, so in round one, the video going around was the was, was Sean McVay and the Rams reacting live to the uh, New England Patriots pick of Cole Stranger, okay? Or Cole Strange, excuse me. Right. Um, I literally had to look up who this guy was. I, he wasn't on my radar at is, all. Isn't it uh, funny that it's a strange pick and that's the guy's name? Oh, I know. You know, it's a silly thing. Uh, one of my buddies, he 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 had a, a, a faster feed than mine than what I was watching on uh, on Thursday night. And he messaged, he's like, Cole, strange. Like, what do you think, Shane? Um, and I thought it was like, cool question. Right, 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 right. Like, I like, I did like, cool. yeah. So I just, I didn't even know who this guy was, but the one thing I will say about Bill Belichick, um, we'll talk about his wide receiver pick around two real quick here, but the man knows how to draft linemen, offensive linemen, defensive linemen. So yeah, nobody's arguing anybody, that Cole strange is a good player. They're well, arguing, just, I guess where they took it, where he took yeah. it. Absolutely. I get it. I get it. But so if anybody's going to get the best out of them, it's going to, I'm trying to, I'll just throw me a ball. I'm trying to go glass half full kind of guy here, right? Yeah. All right. So maybe maybe he'll get it out of him. Okay. At round two, pick two eighteen, ahead of George Pickens, ahead of Sky Moore, ahead of Alec Pierce, ahead of Jalen Tolbert, they went with Tyquan Thornton out of Baylor. I get it. He was the fastest wide receiver in the draft. The problem he's, is Al. He's a return man, right? He's like more of a special teams player, like how they drafted. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, he, exactly. He's going to be a special teams player. And the problem that I have is just the fact that, I mean, he only has, he only had 45 yards in special team yards last year in college. Um, he had 62 receptions, 948 yards, 28% target share, which is good, right? That's a good target share. Um, I don't actually don't even know who the quarterback was for Baylor. Uh, but he had only, he only had a 57% catch rate and, and that's low. So he has a low catch rate. He, he did have 10 touchdowns. Speed, I get it. Speed in the NFL is so important. It's going to open up the field. Even if, like, he's not I, I, Tyquan Thornton. Like, you're probably may, maybe considering him round three of your rookie drafts, right? I, I, I mean, I'm maybe, taking I'm, maybe I'll take a round four, round five running back ahead of Thornton. Okay, I'm, I'm the same way, right? I'm, I get, again, I'm grasping the straws here. Like when I was doing my pre-draft rankings, and then plugging in, okay, where these actual draft picks went. I just scroll way down. Okay, so just think forward. about this. Where did Tutu Atwell go last year in rookie drafts? Round five, right? Or he uh, was undrafted yeah. in four rounds. That's where small. Tutu was small, though. It, it, whatever his warts were, apply yeah. whatever the warts are to this player. This player is not good. He's going to go. You're not drafting him in four round rookie drafts. I mean, I'm not. Right? When I say you, I mean the, the proverbial you. And you're, if it's a five round rookie draft, sure, why not? I mean, but I want no part of them. I'd rather have, like I said, rant, uh, un, uh, unsigned or undrafted free agent running backs that we mm-hmm. like. That let's let's say Kevin Harris goes undrafted, but ends up in in um in in, in Titans, you know, with Tennessee mm-hmm. Titans. I'd rather have him than have Thornton because the, these guys, first of all, they're always low probabilities to hit under good situations. Now you're talking yeah. about an overdrafted on a team that has. Frankly, one of the worst records on drafting early round wide receivers in the last half decade. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I don't want any part of that. I just want a guy that can at, at that point of the draft that if a Khalil Herbert example, where I can I know I have two weeks yeah. of projected volume maybe over some guy that I'm never going to start. I'm I just don't even want him on my roster. You know. And if he breaks out, if I miss on that, if Bill Belichick finally landed on uh, on you know didn't roll snake eyes on a on an Aaron yeah. Dobson, I mean Nikhil Harry, the list goes on mm. and on and on, then Al. I'll I'll be okay missing it. You're so mean to me, Al. It hurts. It hurts. But you're absolutely right, man. You're giving, absolutely we're right. trying to give advice, right? We're yeah, no, you're abs- you're absolutely right, and and that's why I was just very upset. Um, right after Taekwondo Thornton went George Pickens to the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think again that's a good fit. James uh, James Washington's gone, so they needed that three. I mean, maybe he's better than Chase Claypool. Time will tell. Um, after that, Alec Pierce to the Indianapolis Colts. Now, this one's interesting. This one's interesting because Alec Pierce is a bit of a – he's an athletic specimen. Played for Cincinnati with Desmond Ritter. He had a pretty good connection with Desmond. Uh, we know – Indy seems to be they, – they, they keep taking a bite at the apple, right, for these, for these wide receivers. Paris Campbell, a player that you and I have – I would say we're officially truthers on Al. I still like he, him. But he hasn't – but he's been hurt. Every That's single it. year he's been hurt. Just hurt. Michael Pittman's good. So Alec Pierce does have a legit chance to come in and be fantasy relevant. Matt Ryan's a good quarterback. He's going to get him the ball. Sky Moore, we talked about Kansas City Chiefs. Sky Moore, where are you drafting Sky? Like it's it's pretty much, I'm probably taking, it's basically my pre-draft rankings. I'm taking Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, Traylon Burks before him. And then again, it's a conversation, Christian Watson or Sky Moore. I'm probably, probably taking more ahead of Watson. I'm taking Sky above Christian. Absolutely. And you just nailed it. Those those five or six guys and then Sky Moore. I think, you know, like I said. Yeah. And, and then you said that the real where the rubber meets the road is going to be the draft capital. So you're going to have to weigh Dotson ahead of those guys. I mean, yeah, you know, well, I, I'm not going to do it, but that's the no. conversation. Yeah, I'm probably going to go Sky, then Christian Watson, then probably Dotson. 
And then we're talking about John Mechie, who going to Houston Texans, man, that again, that, that team's wide open. I, I like John Mechie. He's kind of meh. Um, a player that I was quite high yeah. on, and I was very good. Did you mean to do that? He's kind of meh, chi. Oh, <laughs> that, that just kind of happened. You know, okay. what? sometimes right. it just comes to me, Al. Yeah. Sometimes it just comes to me. It's kind um, of meh, chi. Yeah. One of the, one, so in, in our text with, with, with Brandon and Matt and, um, and Mike, we, I was talking about how like the slack on the noose is really starting to dry up for David Bell. And then finally he went in the third round, which is still okay draft capital for David Bell, considering how oh, it's perfect. he was. It's perfect. This Going is exactly what you Browns. wanted. This- yeah, man. And look, we, 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 we kind of like, I know, I think you were higher on, on Donovan Peoples Jones than I was, mm-hmm. but I, I think that David Bell is going to go in as that, as that two now. Yeah, it's, they're different players. I mean, you know, like yeah. they have Amari Cooper who does it all, who's a true alpha wide receiver. Then you yep. have DPJ who is a field stretcher. I mean, he takes the top off. He's the long guy. He's the clear out guy. He has a role. He's probably going to get three or four targets a game, DPJ, and he's better mm-hmm. in best ball. But yeah, he really is. I mean, he, he's never going to have be someone that you're comfortable starting unless there's injuries. But it, it, in I think I have him. Uh, Shane, I did 43 best balls so far this season. I yeah. have him in every single – basically, if you're in a best ball with me, you don't have Don, Donovan Peoples-Jones because that's the exact guy that you get in the 17th, 18th round. He's going to have mm-hmm. two or three scorable weeks for you. Uh, uh, David Bell fits right in there as the Jarvis Landry replacement, right? I mean, the, yeah. the guy who is not overly athletic, that's just good at football, that knows how to get yeah. open, knows how to use his hands to, to, to push uh, defenders out of the way, won't get pressed up. I love the – third round's perfect, man. Third round's perfect. I love, who re- yeah. Who really gets hit up, bad here is Anthony Schwartz. I think that's the per- that's yeah. the receiver that probably is, is going to have to wait another year. He's super young, so it doesn't matter. But I think that's the guy that's going to be not relevant in any of your leagues. Yeah, so Schwartz is young, but he's also quick. So in three wide receiver sets, who do you think is going to be playing? It's going to be Cooper Bell, DPJ, or do you think it's going to be Cooper Bell, Schwartz? Schwartz just open up the field. Uh, it, it all depends on how how fast David Bell gets up to speed, but he strikes me as the type of prospect that's probably ready to to assume a role early on. Now, they're going to probably use both of their tight ends a little bit more, so you might see two receiver sets a little bit more yeah. often. They use the franchise tag on Njoku. Uh, Harrison Bryant is in that ready to take his the 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 leap type of year. So and obviously they they use two running backs on the field at the same time. So we may not see a lot of three sets, but uh yeah, it's gonna be Cooper. It'll probably be Donovan Peoples Jones in early training camp, but Bell yeah. strikes me as a guy that could probably push him out of the way in two receiver sets. The last player, um it's not quite Mr. Relevant because we're still only in round three, but Danny Gray. Oh I um, love Danny Gray was one of my favorite sleepers in this draft. Yeah um, Talk, talk to me. Talk to the people with Danny Gray because I'll be honest with you. We, we've mentioned him on the show, but we really haven't talked about Danny Gray. So, wide receiver at SMU went to San Francisco. He's a little older. He's already twenty three, six foot one eighty six. Uh, why did you like him as a sleeper before the draft, and do you still like him going to San Fran? Yeah, I, I mean, I like the I like the spot. Um, it, you, what you're doing here is when you're taking. Dan, I thought Danny Gray would go around like five or six, but yeah. round three, great. It doesn't really change my perspective on him, other than some a team saw what I saw. He was one of the fastest guys in the draft. Uh, pretty solid hands. I mean, this is what you think about. You should think about if you draft him, you're drafting Darnell. You're drafting a, a cheaper version of Darnell Mooney than you would get in your draft. So you, you, Darnell Mooney yeah. showed okay. a little something towards the end of the year when they threw him the football, assumed a better role in year two, and now year three, 
right? We're, we're excited to draft Darnell Mooney in round six of our single QB uh, best yeah. ball draft. So mm-hmm. I think that you think about like this guy has got the upside of Darnell Mooney. He's got the speed. Uh, a coach saw what um, what a lot of people saw in uh, in in Darnell Mooney, uh, and now he's on a team where. Debo Samuel is not known for his deep speed. He's more of a, you know, move around the formation. You have George Kittle who owns the middle of the field in the seam. There is a role for, for Danny Gray if he can prove worthy in, in training camp. He'll probably be situational. He probably can bank on maybe like, you know, three targets a game. But those are deep shots that are going to be necessary. And you can hit on him. He's, he's a very good pick. It's You know, I would take Danny Gray over Antonio Brown in my best ball drafts at this point. I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair thing. I mean, over and above, we know that Trey Lance can can chuck the rock in the event that he actually starts. Danny Gray, he ran a four three three forty yard dash for his size. He's again, he's six foot one eighty six. Yeah, that is a speed score of one hundred four point four, which is a ninety second percentile speed Shane, score. So every team needs a Danny Gray. You need someone that can that you know. Everyone goofs on Marquez Valdez Scantling. You need a guy like that that can take the lid off the defense, push everyone back. You know, that that's why I think the Ravens are in trouble losing Hollywood. But back to Danny Gray, he is probably going to be a better fit, a better NFL player than a fantasy yeah, player. But again, you talk about these guys that can hit on any given week in best ball in the late rounds. This is one that's actually viable. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. I think we've said it all we need to say about the wide receivers. Some good landing spots, some probably better NFL landing spots than real fantasy football, <laughs> real fantasy football landing spots. Let's talk about the running backs, all right? So we've already talked about Brees Hall. We've already talked about Kenneth Walker. Let's move on. The, the only other running back drafted in round two was James Cook, Georgia running back going to the Buffalo Bills at 2.31. I love this pick. I think it's absolutely perfect. Um, I actually, I comped James Cook to Michael Carter. Uh, I, him and Zamir were, were like the Kenneth Walker, um, Javante Williams uh, mold for me. And um, he's going to be very productive, man. So what do, what do you think about that landing spot? Well, it's, it's, I like the landing spot. Uh, we saw what the Bills try to do. They try to get J.D. McKissick, right? They wanted a pass-catching running yes. back there because they plan on using uh, uh, someone in the backfield that can catch short passes. They probably don't want Josh Allen tucking and running as much anymore is my assumption, right? Mm-hmm. So Devin Singletary proved worthy in, uh, in down the stretch. Uh, um, we'll see if he could sustain it for a full year, but I, I do like what I saw from down the stretch. They're going to, in any given week, you know what he, James White, uh, James White, that's a, I would compare him to that's James White. Yes. Yeah, right. That would be his cop. So James White was RB12 a couple of years, right? Danny Woodhead. That's what you could expect. Chris Thompson, right? Those type of guys were in PPR leagues can have RB1 seasons, but I would say that, uh, that, uh, what's, uh, James Cook, James James Good, not James White. James Cook uh, is probably right now. I think I ranked him RB twenty eight in Dynasty, and I so I'm willing to move him up because again he could strike. We might not even know that he has a skill set where they could use him on every down. Uh, I'd have to look a little bit more on his pass blocking because that'll really determine if he gets on the field early or not. Mm -hmm. But you got to love this, and specifically because the Bills were seeking out a pass catching running back. They found him. Uh, he's got to be your RB. Let's see. In this class right now, is he RB four. three? In, who would he's be three? RB four for me. I, I have Rashad White. I have him still. Okay, so fine. But you wouldn't argue with anyone that told you, "Hey, I have you know, I have no. uh, right." No. Because Leonard Fournette is certainly more of an obstacle 
than uh, Singletary. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think that uh, Leonard Fournette, though, chances are, I mean, is this contract just one year? I'm actually not it, even sure. It's, it's, it uh, I believe it's two years. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, that, that makes you question a little bit. I mean, Keyshawn Von Truthers, I was one of them. That's dead. done. Dead. It's dead. It's dead. Uh, James Cook, though, I, look, I think probably right around, like, he's going to be a mid to late RB2 to, for me. That, that's how I view James Cook. I, I just, I think it's such a great landing spot for him. Um, in in college, redraft leagues, where will he go? Hmm. Round, round six, eight? probably. Okay. Round round I think he's going to go up. He's going to go around six. There's okay. How about this? Would you take, kill. would you take him or, or Chase Edmonds for redraft this year? Well, here's the thing about Chase Edmonds. He's going like around eight, nine, 10. So well, that's Chase my Edmonds point. is going later. Well, but that's yeah, my so point. You, so your question is, so you're saying basically fade cook and take Chase Edmonds. If you, I'll, I would probably take Chase Edmonds a few, few rounds later. That's because I'm cheap, but all things being equal, they have the exact same draft capital. I'm probably taking James Cook. Just because the well, talent. I'm just saying, I, no, I'm just talking about this year yeah. situation. You're, you know, if they end up going in a similar spot, wouldn't you? Yeah. Rat, like, aren't you more confident that Chase Edmonds is going to produce this year than James Cook? Probably, but it's close probably. for you. It's close. It's it. That is that is a great uh, line of demarcation right there. Like to me, it's like that's the conversation around the talent. And here's the thing: Chase Edmonds is going late, but I think. That the market is sleeping on Chase Edmonds, so I'm I think he's moved up a little Chase. bit though. He's moved up Has a drop. He? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just remember I had it. I think I got him in like round nine in in one of my recent drafts in the last couple of weeks. So, but I think I got value there because I had pretty much no Chase Edmonds because that's typically where I'm, where I'm going quarterback in, in those rounds. But all right. So right after James Cook in round three, we also had three wide receiver or three running backs drafted. Excuse me, Rashad White to Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Love it. Rashad White, best comparable to David um, David Johnson. He's a taller running back, but he knows how to catch the damn ball. Allen, <laughs> 43 receptions last year. 43? That's insane. I love it. Um, and then after that, that, uh, okay. Tyrion Davis-Price going to San Francisco 49. That was the LSU shocker, prospect. right? That was a shocker. Here's the thing. Um, I was listening to the live broadcast, and it was Pat Kerwin who was talking about it. And he talked about how he actually had offers to go to Georgia and Alabama, but he chose to stay from stay at LSU because he was from Baton Rouge. He was from the area. Then you go, you look at his production. It's decent. Uh, let me pull it up here. He's big As, too. He's like six foot two fifteen, right? I mean, yes, he checks it, the boxes. Yeah, I mean that's even you know Alvin Kamara. Kamara is 5'11", 215, so you want your back a little more stout. He's, it, it seems like he's a little bit more slender, but yeah. You know, well, he's six foot two nineteen. He, he weighed yeah. in at so he weighed in at the combine, I believe, and then he also then weighed in at his pro day. That's what I'm saying. That's lean. Yeah. That's tall and lean. And you know, it, the, the landing spot is the interesting part. So, what does this mm. really do? Like, let's the fantasy. Let's look at the fantasy fo- football fallout. He's got better draft capital than Elijah Mitchell. Okay. Yes. So Elijah Mitchell, who was going in the fourth and fifth round, you now have to like understand that if you take him there, and it's okay to take him there, but there's real risk because what yeah. happens. When Mitchell, it looks like he can't stay healthy for a full season. If he misses a couple of games and price shows out, now you're in a full-blown committee by week three, by week yeah. four. So we're, now what do you do with, with price, right? With uh, what, it's uh, TDP, right? What do you do with TDP? He is a running back that I'm going to want in the ninth and 10th round of redraft leagues. Certainly I'm going to want yeah. him in the second round uh, just based on 
Elijah Mitchell from last year, 100%. that if he gets the opportunity, he can roll with it. And we already saw that they don't care about, you know, third round. It might as well be second round to them because they treated Elijah Mitchell as a six rounder, like a second, like a third rounder. Right. Mm-hmm. They just, uh, they, Absolutely. so I'm interested because of this coach's uh, ability to scout running backs and his, and their ability and their willingness to put them in. Now, Trey Sermon was a third round mm-hmm. running back and it didn't go well. So I'm going to be okay with, uh, with, with Tyrion Davis price uh, as long as he's like a mid second round rookie pick or an eighth, uh, sorry, or 10th round redraft pick. If the price goes up, I'm going to let somebody else take it. Yeah. So um, do you listen to JJ Zacharyson's podcast? Not consistently, no. but I, you okay. know, I've heard, I heard JJ on other podcasts. Okay. So one of the things he always would talk about is the ambiguous backfields and, and most so ambiguous backfields for, and where the running back is being drafted in rounds. I think it's like three, four five or later. Right. So that dead zone, Mm-hmm. I'm absolutely taking, I'm, I'm going to start hammering price. Now, here's the thing. I wonder how high his price is going to get round nine, round 10. Absolutely. Right. What if he goes up to like round seven because, Oh, it's the San Francisco running back. He's got better draft capital than Elijah, Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell can't stay healthy. All the things you just talked about. What if he's around seven? Like I, yeah, that's probably not going to do because I don't think that, and I I like that theory about ambiguous backfields. Like an ambiguous backfield to me is probably like the Miami one, right? Which is probably yeah. depressing the value of Chase Edmonds because it's a new coach and there's all new players there. The San Francisco uh, running back is volatile, but mm-hmm. it's not ambiguous. Elijah Mitchell showed that he can handle the workload. He's going. There's yes. no doubt he is going to get the first crack to stay the workhorse role now injuries i mean if it wasn't for injuries that he would probably be a second round pick so he is priced that it's already counted in his round four round five round six adp why of his injury discount so uh, price is is an interesting player in the double digit rounds if he starts getting pushed up uh you know say i'm just gonna let somebody else take him they could be right but i'll stay with elijah mitchell because like you said with amon ross st brown sure he was drafted in the fourth round but he's going to be viewed as as a second rounder now in, you know, draft capital yeah. language. Yep. I think that holds true for Elijah Mitchell too. It's the same system, same coaches, same team, same setup. This is probably more of a Trey Sermon replacement than it is an Elijah Mitchell replacement. I agree. I think that's, I think that's a sharp take. Um, moving on the last running back drafted around three at 3.34 to the Washington commanders, Alabama's Brian Robinson. Hey, Brian Robinson. First of all, where are you comfortable taking Brian Robinson in rookie drafts? Yeah, it's going to be, I hate to say it's going to be the second round. Yeah. Second round, you know, it's, uh, it's two six ish. I know it's like right in the middle. Yeah. 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 Let's see where Damian Pierce, like if Damian, I keep saying Tennessee, like whoever Mm -hmm. the Tennessee backup is, I want that guy. So if it's Pierce, if it's, uh, you know, if it's Hassan Haskins in round six, I, mm-hmm. I I might be interested in him above some of those other more talented running backs right now, middle of second round, right. where like, you're going to find right after jo- all the round one draft capital wide receivers. Certainly I'm going to want them first. Uh, but yeah. once we start getting into the backup running back world, he'll be at the top of the heap for me. Uh, I would pr- I'd probably take him ahead of uh, probably ahead of price. I know. I think that's, I think that's smart. Um, what does this do to Antonio Gibson? Where do you have, where do you have Antonio Gibson ranked now? Yeah, I moved Gibson down significantly. I mean, you know, and for good reason. I have him right yeah. now. I have him at RB16. I had him at 11 before. Now you say, oh, that's only five spots. But when you're talking about the top 20 
any move down is significant. 16 is, it might even be generous. It's pretty, he probably belongs at 20. Like in redraft leagues, I'd rather have Zeke. <laughs> you know, we've talked about this one a million times. It all comes home to roost Al. <laughs> do you agree though? Zeke versus Gibson? Uh, yes, pretty, yeah. I do. I do, man. Like, yep. I, I, Antonio Gibson was going right around that two, three turn, right? He was sometimes falling a little bit to like the, the middle of the third, but generally speaking right around the two, two, three turn. I, I can't do it anymore, man. Brian Robinson is a good running back. He's a good backup running back, but he's a good running back. So that, that worries me a little bit. Um, players that haven't been drafted yet that I still like highest ranked on my board, Samir white, Isaiah Spiller, Damian Pierce. Those are probably the top three guys next year down Pierce strong, Jerome Ford, Tyler Algier. Then, after that, uh, you talked about Hassan Haskins, Kevin Harris. So there's still some good running backs on the board that's going to move around. But man, Isaiah Spiller again, talk about a fall from grace. It's just it's too bad, man, for this guy. Too bad. That's it. Where where are you taking Isaiah Spiller? Assuming he goes around four or five, where are you taking Spiller? Round three at best. Uh, so I, I, I'll come back to what I've been saying. If Spiller is the guy backing up Derrick Henry, I, I'm probably going to even take him right in that uh, ahead of Rashad white. I, I yeah. Derek Henry is 29 years old and started, you know, you, you ever, what was your first car that you owned, Shane? I'm going to make a little co- comparison. Here. First car <laughs> that I, that I drove or that I owned Well, the first piece of shit car basically. Okay. So when I was 16, I had a geo Metro, a bright green geo Metro, Beautiful my car. brother and I. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know what it is, think of like a, a Volkswagen punch buggy. Oh no. People know like what a geo Metro is. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Okay. It was bright green. Okay. Okay. So then when I was in university, what year was ran- it? What, what year? Uh, I mean, like I the car, 95, 95, probably the car was a 95. Okay. So, something like that. Yeah. 95, 96. And then when I was in uh, university, I bought a 92 Ford Ranger because I was re- managing a little painting company. And so I needed a, a truck and I, and it was a piece of shit. And then the transmission ended up dying on me and I, and I, I, I shipped it off. But why do you it. ask? So, okay. So I asked, so my first piece of crap mm-hmm. car was a 1980 two-tone Ford fair, uh, Ford, Fairmount, it's called. I had yeah. to stick a pencil in the carburetor to get it to work. <laughs> no joke, right? So here's here's the comparison. That car gets you where you got to go. It's a beautiful thing. And then one day, a little smoke starts coming out of the hood, right? And you're like, yeah, ignore. Eh, maybe you know it's fine. Not worth fixing. And then what happens is, you know, a month later, that thing is just overheating every time. It's stalling out. Remember when cars used to stall out? That doesn't yeah. happen anymore. Uh, but yeah. it, little by little, once it starts going, it's there's a problem. There that <laughs> that's the Finn spoiler. That's funny. <laughs> uh, so basically, Derrick Henry is an elite running back. He's going to be for probably another year or two. But there's now smoke coming out from the hood, just like your first uh, Geo yeah. uh, Prism, whatever the hell that car was. Metro, uh, yeah, Metro, right? Yeah. So. I want to have the brand new uh, car, even if it's not a Lamborghini, just a solid Nissan, a solid, you know, car behind it. And if yeah. that is uh, Isaiah Spiller, I'm there for it. He's uh, his draft stock is going to be low, but I can see that the end is nigh for Derrick Henry and where you're going to have to take Spiller at the middle of the end of the second round, he'll go after Brian Robinson. He'll go after all those guys. I think mm-hmm. that's the one. Whoever, if Spiller, so you asked about Spiller specifically. If he lands up on Derrick Henry, I'm going to still have him as the four or five. I would even consider taking him ahead of James Cook, even though that I probably won't have to take him there. Yeah. If we did show titles, this would be Isaiah Spiller, Toyota Corolla. That's yeah, what it would exactly. be. Exactly. Exactly. But even better than <laughs> that, right. he's, he's a brand new car. You know, he's got low right. mileage. You get to yeah. reset the clock. 
And there's still new Toyota Corollas, and they're still making that vehicle. It's it's, it's all reliable, baby. Um, Al, we're going on an hour and three minutes, so I know that we're going long. So we're going to finish up here. I just want to get your gut on the quarterbacks because we got to talk about the quarterbacks very very quickly, okay? So Kenny Pickett, we already talked about. He went to Pittsburgh Steelers. Desmond Ritter, Atlanta Falcons in round three as a second quarterback drafted off the board. Legit chance he could start this year, if not this year, next. Okay, Malik Willis, same deal, 3-2-2 going to Tennessee Titans. He's going to be backing up Ryan Tannehill. Probably won't start this year, but next year, the Titans have an out of Ryan Tannehill's contract. That could be the opportunity for Malik. Now, this is a guy that I was high on pre-draft. As the draft process went, went kept going on, people kept bringing this guy down more and more and more. And I feel like we've kind of come full circle on Mackerel going to the Carolina Panthers. What do you what do you think? Do you think that he's got a legit chance to start? I like Matt Corral. Yeah. All three of these guys fall into the same category. I mean, since they were all taken in round three, it doesn't matter if they were taken in round three or round two at this point. Okay. So everybody the expect for them, the expectations are now lower. Here's yeah. here's what my prediction is. It's gonna be I'll I'll take them each quickly. Malik Willis okay. is going to be integrated into the offense the first day. He's gonna have that. Uh, that Trey Lance treatment where he he comes in for a play. Ryan Tannehill is, has to realize if there's 35, 40 offensive snaps a game, he might be taking 30 of them or 28 of them. There's going to be plays in the beginning. Now, mm-hmm. if Malik Willis plays well on those plays, now there's going to be more of those plays. And even, yeah. see, tight, you normally it's like, hey, what, when things go bad, if the, if the Titans start one and three, it doesn't even have to happen that way. The Titans are three and two. The Titans are four and one, but Tannehill is not playing well. And Willis is playing well. You're going to see the switch. Yeah, no, I think that's good. I think that's not. You're not wrong in there. Uh, I I think Tannehill still gets a bad rap. He's a good quarterback, but he didn't play well last year. Yeah, he played okay. Okay, he wasn't the worst. He was. He didn't, okay. he, didn't, he, was he didn't play good enough to keep his job. Like he, they Correct. weren't taken seriously as a one seed because of Tannehill. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. I. I could happen this year. And for those of you like myself who took Tannehill as your, as your QB3 because he was, quote, safe, that was a mistake. Um, last thing, we talked about the quarterbacks. We talked about the wide receivers. We talked about the running backs. Very quickly, tight ends. Trey McBride, my top-ranked tight end, he went to the Arizona Cardinals around two. I kind of like that. It's not going to be relevant this year. But Zach Ertz is getting up there in age. In a year or two, Trey McBride's – I think of him as like an Adam Troutman type prospect, right? He does a lot of things well. Can he catch the ball? We think he can. The one that I really like that I'm probably, you know, if I'm in a tight end premium league and it's round four and I decide for whatever reason not to go up for running back, say I have multiple round four picks, I'm going to take a shot on Virginia tight end Jelani Woods drafted to the Colts. There's not a lot of competition and he's an ultra athletic player. This is somebody that Mike was super high on in the pre-draft process. So very quickly, what are your thoughts on Jelani Woods? Or, or frankly, Greg Dulcich going to Denver or Jamie Rucker going to the uh, New York Jets. I'll Give cover them all in, in one sentence. This is how you do it. That in We play in very deep leagues with deep taxis and all that kind of stuff. So this mm-hmm. doesn't really apply there. Of course, yeah, you're going to take shots on these guys in late round three, early round four, and you're going to put them on, stash them. Stash everybody, right? Stash every yes. single player on in the entire player pool. But <laughs> if you're in a dynasty league, which I found out a lot of people do play in these leagues where it's 20, 25 deep, and you have to cut down to 15, and then you mm-hmm. can build back up. Don't draft these guys because what's going to happen is we know the tight ends don't produce in year one. And that's also applies to a lot of these wide receivers. Like even someone, you know, that the round three wide receivers, 
don't draft them because someone else is going to clog their roster with them and then they're going to have to drop them. And that's when you can pick them up or get them Mm -hmm. as throw-ins by week seven in later in the year. So if there's a player you like that hasn't produced. Now, if you're playing in a lot of these, these, 30 deep and with 10 taxi squads like we are sure. You're going to want to take your shots right here. Pick your spots. You named all the guys that, uh, that have a uh, theoretical upside. The one thing I would disagree on is that the Colts uh, tight end room is a little crowded with Mo Alley Cox and uh, Granson. But like I said, if Woods is such an imposing character that he could easily ascend to being a, a good red zone threat. So yeah, pick your poison. and I don't think any, I wouldn't have any of them ranked over the other besides McBride. Um, you know, but let someone else draft them and pick them up when they're dropped or get them as throw-ins later on. Like right now, Granton, Noah, what was the guy's name on that Kansas City uh, drafted? Noah Gray. You can get Noah all Gray, those yeah. guys, you know, for, if you want to give your late third rounder for any of those guys, you can get them. Last year, you wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I mean, the reason I like Jelani Woods is because he's athletic and more so than any other position, athleticism matters at the tight end position. Agreed. So, you know, I just, I just, I think that's a good little fit. So that's it. We've talked about pretty much everything else. Um, one last thing that I'm just going to say for the people, a few players that I think are worth watching out for. Um, obviously, at the quarterback position, you're going to be wanting to see where Sam Howell goes and perhaps Carson Strong. But for me, it's really just it's Sam Howell. He's really that last guy that I care about. Giants. Uh, I think that'd be that'd be a great fit. That'd be a great fit for the Giants. Um, at the wide receiver position, really most of the talent's taken, but Calvin Austin, Bo Melton, and Khalil Shakir. And then, of course, Mike's boy, Justin Ross. I think Justin Ross goes round four. I don't um, think he gets drafted. Really? Okay. Or maybe That's like sixth or seventh round. No, you're yeah, right. He'll okay. get drafted. He'll get drafted. I, I think round four. He did enough in his rookie year pre-injuries that I think he'll – That's fair. I think he'll get – yeah, I think he'll get drafted maybe round four, round five, but – other than that, there's pretty much nobody mm-hmm. left. That's a good it's call, really though. The, He'd be the most. Him and Shakira would be the two most interesting guys. So you're right. I t- yeah. I retract that I said he wouldn't get drafted. I, I think you're right about that. There you go. Um, <clears throat> and then finally, at the running back position, I like Zamir White, Isaiah Spiller, Damian Pierce, Pierre Strong, Jerome Ford, Tyler Algier, and Kevin Harris as my top. Even Tyler Goodson, I can throw in that. So a lot of good running backs Saints, still left to be drafted. Whoever the Saints draft for running back, I'm interested in that guy. There you go. There you go. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you were listening to, please like and subscribe. Alan Soslowski of Rotowire. How do the good people find your content? Yeah, just go to at Alan Soslowski on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, whatever you like. Or if you do a simple Google search, Alan Soslowski, Rotowire, all of my articles are in one link. And that link is also in my Twitter. You can get all my written content, all of my uh, videos, but on Twitter, best place is the best baseline place to save me. I link to everything else from there. Also, Rotowire YouTube page, putting up free videos every single day. A lot of useful three-minute videos, uh, some good takes, some hot takes, some bad takes, but always hopefully entertaining uh, at Rotowire on YouTube. Go subscribe over there. Free as usual. There you go. So, Alan, there's a lot of content out there, okay? Rotowired has great articles, great rankings, all that stuff. What differentiates Alan Soslowski from every other fantasy football analyst in the space? Alan does the best videos in the space. Ah. Bar none, hands down. So <laughs> Thanks, for those of you who like to have their data tracked by the Chinese government, go sign in on TikTok and go follow Alan Soslowski on TikTok. You will not be disappointed. So Alan, Appreciate thank you so much for, for jumping on today. It's always so much fun. And look, this is our Christmas morning. You were saying on your podcast that your wife had asked you, why do people care about the draft? 
this is this is better than the Oscars, Al. Right. This well, is, I was trying to give yeah, her a comparison I know, I know. that she would she would understand. This is like if the Oscars were on Christmas morning. That's what the right. draft is for us fantasy right. football. Well, she just and... said, like, why don't we just get a list of the players? Then you could see yeah. where they went. Like, what's all exactly. the stuff for? And I said, why would why wouldn't you do the same for the Oscars or the Academy Awards or the that mm-hmm. you want to see? You know, they have human interest stories. They have, you know, you get to see the reveal. It's it's a whole thing. And you know, and also that there's second with the Oscars. That's just you find out the reveal with football. There's second and third order effects that we care about as content creators. Exactly. Exactly. And so look, there's still a bunch of football players to be drafted. So hopefully you guys tune in. I think it's starting pretty much uh, 12 Eastern. So it's going to be starting pretty sharp, pretty quickly here. So thank you so much for jumping on. Alan, you can follow him on Twitter at Alan Soslowski. You can follow me on Twitter at the Flex Network 1. For Al, I'm Flex Shane. We are the Flex Network. This is the Flex Network. (laughs) This is the Flex Network. Flex on them. Flex on everybody. This right here is the Flex Network. Yeah. Flex on them.